Hey everyone, it's Matt with the DPI Podcast, and we're going to continue on our park area series here and jump into the Epcot area of Walt Disney World. And really what we want to talk about in all these podcasts on the on the park areas is what park we're talking about, what hotels are around, and kind of how you get to and from. On this one, we're going to be talking about the boardwalk area and then kind of do an offshoot with the Skyliner resorts, even though they're not really technically part of Epcot areas, but it's a really cool way to get to Epcot now. So Peter, why don't you start us out with those resorts that are on the boardwalk? Okay, so Epcot is, personally, Epcot is my favorite park. I, I believe um, Matt is torn at times between Epcot and Magic Kingdom, just for the family aspect of Magic Kingdom. Um, but even my kids, my kids love going to Epcot. Last time we were down there, we ended up revamping our plans as we were down there and adding in more Epcot because my kids love it and enjoy it a ton. So a reason to stay near Epcot is if you're traveling with maybe a more mature audience or even if your kids are big fans of Epcot, Epcot has a ton of festivals throughout the year as Matt and I have talked about in previous podcasts. So staying near Epcot is going to allow you to you know, let's go down there for four days and do nothing but go to the festival. You really need that with some of the bigger festivals like Flower and Garden and Food and Wine. Even the um, the festival of the holidays was just tons and tons more than I was anticipating. You need days and days in order to sample all the different things and, and try it out. So right behind Epcot, there is a pathway between United Kingdom and France. And if you go down that pathway, you're gonna head out the back side of Epcot, you're gonna find the Skyliner station. And if you continue walking, you're gonna find Disney's Boardwalk just a couple short minutes away. On Disney's Boardwalk, there are a couple of restaurants, ESPN Club, Flying Fish, and Trattoria El Forno are all back there, which are some really good restaurants. And you also do have Jelly Rolls, which is kind of a nightclub with dueling pianos. And there's also a dance hall back there for late night entertainment. So there's a lot of cool stuff out back on the boardwalk. But the other thing that's out on the boardwalk is three hotels. The three hotels all have DVC villas associated with them. And they also have just general rooms. The three hotels are the Beach Club and the Yacht Club, which are sort of sister resorts and they share just an amazing pool area that I've talked about in some podcasts before. But that pool area has a lazy river, multiple water slides, sand bottoms, volleyball, like three hot tubs. It's it's just an amazing, an amazing area um, in between those two resorts. And then across the lake, you'll find Boardwalk Inn. And Boardwalk Inn is themed after like 1920s boardwalk area so more like carnival type feel and um, very 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 nice though um, all of those three resorts are deluxe resorts similar to what you're going to find around magic kingdom and that's just a general rule is if you're walking to a park expect to pay deluxe resort prices that are just going to cost a little bit more but what you pay you make up for in all of the incredible convenience you you can watch the fireworks in Epcot and be in your bed 10 minutes later if you watch it from the right place and go to one of those three resorts. So they're all fantastic resorts. 
Um, all of those resorts, you have two options. Walking is a five minute, maybe 10 minute walk if you're coming from kind of the deep part of the Yacht Club Resort. Then there is also a boat system. The boat system runs from Epcot to this little lighthouse kind of outcropping area across to the official boardwalk area by the boardwalk inn and then over to the Swan and Dolphin Hotel on its way finally to Hollywood Studios. So if you don't necessarily feel like walking, you can always grab a boat and just take that closer to the entrance of Epcot. Really, really great place to stay. And like I said, if Epcot's one of your favorite places or one of the things you're planning on doing a bunch, definitely consider these boardwalk hotels. Now, there are some other hotels that are easily accessible to Epcot. They're not technically Epcot hotels, but with the advent of the Skyliner, there's a huge, huge kind of world of possibilities for travel that opens up. And Matt's going to talk about that in just one moment, but I want to mention one more thing, and that is Epcot is accessible via the monorail. So we've talked about the Grand Floridian and Polynesian and Contemporary. Polynesian is a three-minute walk to the Ticket and Transportation Center, which then has a line that heads down to Epcot. So you're talking, if you want to spend a lot of time in Magic Kingdom and Epcot, look no further than the Polynesian. Amazing experience and monorail enable enables you to get to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Um, so as I was talking about the Skyliner, big game changer. Matt's going to talk about it. Yeah, so really what the Skyliner is, it's a gondola system similar to what you would see at a ski resort or, or something like that. And it is composed of a few different lines that all culminate in the hub at the Caribbean Beach Resort. The first line goes from Art of Animation and Pop Century to Caribbean Beach. The next line goes from Caribbean Beach through Riviera out to Epcot. The last line goes from Caribbean Beach straight across to Hollywood Studios. So it kind of connects all four of those hotels with Epcot and with Hollywood Studios. Now, when we're talking about where these two transportation systems end up, whether it be the boats or the Skyliner, they're all gonna come into the back of the park. So you're not gonna be coming into the big ball and coming through that main entrance. You're coming into the back of the park, back there by the France Pavilion. You're gonna have to adjust a little bit and accommodate a little bit if you've got early morning reservations up towards the front of the park or over in the Norway Pavilion for Akershush make sure you understand that the walk that you're gonna have once you get in the park. Really cool transportation systems that get you to an alternate location to where, you, again, you're not battling the monorail traffic or the bus traffic coming into the parks. So with the Skyliner being an option now, buses to those four resorts have been cut down to Epcot considerably. Now they're only running one bus an hour to and from Epcot. So make sure that you understand that, that when you walk out to the front of your resort, you may see the next bus isn't coming for 45 minutes for Epcot. They've really scaled back that bus system to and from those resorts to Epcot. Now that we get into Epcot, if we're coming in through the front of the park, what they're gonna be building as a brand new entrance and that it's kind of been a work in progress for the last about six months. And the first thing that you see is Spaceship Earth. And that's kind of the landmark 
of Epcot. You know, when you see all of your merchandise and everything like that, that's kind of your icon image is Spaceship Earth. But there are a lot of other things there. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the first veer off to the right once you get in by Spaceship Earth. And that's going to get you over to a, a few of the pavilions, the land, the sea, and the imagination pavilion. And Peter's going to talk about those a little bit. Yeah, so uh, first of all, we're going to talk about Epcot. And then in two years, you can throw all of this away. Matt and I will talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. But Epcot, as Matt just mentioned, is getting a huge facelift and sort of a redesign and reimagination to it. Um, but right now, if you go, you go past Spaceship Earth, you kind of come up the hill. And again, similar to Magic Kingdom, you sort of get faced with a choose-your-adventure path. So there's a path to the right, a path to the left, and a path forward. If you take the path to the right, you're going to head over towards the land and sea pavilions. And in the land pavilion is where you're going to find Soren as well as a couple of dining options. Most notably is the um, Chip and Dale Garden Grill. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking about the characters. I wasn't even to the name of the restaurant yet. Uh, you're going to find Garden Grill, which has the Chip and Dale meal. Um, really great food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Family style buffet, a lot of fun. And then the other thing over there is the um, Finding Nemo ride, and that has an interactive aquarium, um, some interactive things to do. So it's kind of a lot of fun over in that sea pavilion. It gets lost a lot of times, I think, when you think about Epcot. You can spend some time in the sea pavilion. Like I said, there's an aquarium, several activities for your kids to do. Turtle Talk. Uh, yeah, Turtle Talk is an interactive show with Crush, which is just a great time. Nah, dude. And, like, <laughs> it's... The sea pavilion gets lost. And then the land pavilion, the big the big thing is Soren. Um, so that covers that area to the right. Now that's going to get a facelift. They're currently working on ripping out some of the buildings and creating a festival pavilion. As I mentioned, as we've mentioned before, Epcot is all about the festival, celebrating different areas of the world and, and different aspects of human culture and life. And they're ripping out some of those buildings right now and they're putting in a festival pavilion area over there and the other thing they're doing is putting in a moana inspired journey of water which is going to essentially be like a themed maze walkway where you're going to walk your way through and and it the graphics and the concept art on it looks absolutely amazing i can't wait to walk through that uh, and then the last thing over there to the right matt mentioned the imagination pavilion which is home to Journey into Imagination with Figment. And uh, fun little whimsical ride, some fun activities, some meet and greets as you come out of that. Um, so that's what you're going to find if you head over to the right. So we'll come all the way back. We've walked up the hill, and Matt's going to cover what happens if you go to the left. So once you make that turn to the left, you get into some of the bigger rides for Epcot. Now, Epcot's not really known for their rides, um, but you get to test track and mission space mission space and mission space has two different basically ride intensity levels and then you've got a new ride coming in and that's going to be the new guardians of the galaxy roller coaster that's going to be over there and it the concept on it is fantastic they've got the outer building done and that's going to open early 2021 yeah, it's supposed to be open. yeah so we're, we're looking about a year out from when we're doing this when the we're doing this podcast now so, a lot of things to look forward to over there. Um, as far as food options over there, you've got Test Track Burgers. 
There's that just reopened. It's a little quick service area. And then the big thing is Space 220. And that's going to be fantastic over and it's going to be off by Mission Space. And it is actually going to be an experience where you are shot up into space and you eat in basically like a satellite restaurant. And the whole exterior window area is going to be looking out into space. And it's going to be really, really cool. It's supposed to open early March, late February. We're going to see it's gone through a little bit of a tumultuous open so far. So we're going to see where it's at. Hopefully it's open early March so we can get in there and uh, try it out when we go down there. So that takes care of really the, the main two areas up front. Now you've got a little middle path there that has Mouse Gear, yeah. which is a huge shop area. Um, it's one of the bigger shops in any of the parks. And it's got a lot of cool merchandise there. The Starbucks will be relocated up there. Um, it's on the entrance to World Showcase right before Canada. Yeah, it, that's it their te- the day we were there. Yeah, that's their temporary location, but they're gonna they're gonna rework that into that middle area, I believe. If you go straight back that path from Spaceship Earth, you're gonna hit World Showcase Lagoon, and around World Showcase Lagoon are all of the nation pavilions. So this is a real cool area, and I'm going to let Peter start with it because this is kind of his favorite area in Epcot, so I'm not going to steal his thunder, and I'm going to let him kind of run with this to go. This is not my favorite area in Epcot. This is my favorite area in Walt Disney World, Matt. Uh, World Showcase is an absolutely amazing area, and as Matt mentioned, it's these different nations, and there's actually 11 of them. So you have America, and then I'm going to do my best. We'll see if Matt fills in. I'm going to try and go in order from left to right to see if I get them all. Um, You have Mexico, followed by Norway, followed by China, followed by the African Outpost. After African Outpost, you get to Germany, then you get to Italy, then you get to Morocco, and then you get to France, and then you get to the United Kingdom, and Canada, and then I said the host pavilion of America is kind of, oh, I forgot Japan. There we go, that's the one that I was missing. Japan's between Um, America and France. Japan is right there with America and France, so it goes Morocco, America, Japan, and then France Mm -hmm. before United Kingdom as you work your way around. Um, But that's besides the point. So there's, the amazing thing about World Showcase is just all of the great culture that you can take in while you're there. The cool thing that Disney does is that everybody on stage, so that's Disney's way because they consider all of their cast members actors and they go on stage and then they have the backstage areas because it's a performance company. It's not a wow you with thrills, although there are a lot of thrilling things these days it seems like. But all of the actors that are on stage and are going to interact with you are actually from those nations. Disney has a very, very efficient outreach program that brings in people from these nations to then give you uh, a more authentic experience and also be able to talk about the homeland that they do come from to give you more about the culture. Some of my favorite memories have been talking to some of those cast members about where they come from. Uh, You're going to find some of them came over for a six month and then went back home and immediately applied for another six month and are currently on their like fourth six month stay here. And Yeah, and uh, some of the connections they make. Uh, we, we ate at Teppan Ito with a whole group of girls from Japan that were doing their exit that week. 
So they were on their last week. They all got together. They were having one big last meal before they all left and went back to their hometown right. in Japan. Yeah, because for them as well, it's like we get to meet other people from our country. Yeah. Because when they get home, they're going to scatter back around to their local villages and towns and things like that. So um, it, it's just so amazing being out in World Showcase. And there are a couple of rides. There is a Three Caballeros ride in, it's called the Grand Fiesta Tour, and it has the Three Caballeros featuring Donald Duck. That's in the Mexico Pavilion, and it's a fun ride. I'm really waiting for them to redesign it into Coco. Uh, I'm waiting for the day that they press release at the next D23. We're making a Coco, and I'm like, about dang time, Disney. Um, when you go up into Norway, you're going to find Frozen Ever After, which was a fan favorite of Maelstrom. A few years back, they took all of the decoration out, left the ride track the exact same, and outfitted it for Frozen. And it is a mind-blowing, breathtaking experience. Um, it's a lot of fun. And then over in France, they are currently working on Remy's ride. And that's going to be a lot of fun. That should be opening up. Uh, I believe later this year, early next year. I believe it's our, uh No, it's summer this year. Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, middle of this year is when Remy is going to open up. Outside of that, though, don't don't let that little bit of ride fool you. In almost every nation, there is some type of immersive video show, whatever. The American Pavilion has a live stage performance that varies between well-known artists, hidden talents. And um, even just normal stage shows that show up. They had a Guardians of the Galaxy show over the spring summertime that was just great. Um, as they head into Food and Wine Festival and into Festival of the Holidays during the holiday time, they bring in different bands that sing. Um, over the Christmas season, they have a candlelight processional that is just remarkable to watch. There's so much to do in Epcot that I. It's my favorite park and I've been there so many times and we spend the vast majority of our time in World Showcase, but I still feel like I've hardly done anything inside of it. So many restaurants, such a great experience, so many hidden gems, so many moments with my kids where they read something or see something that they just think is cool that's just out of your norm for American life and American culture. So without going into too much detail, because we're going to do a whole podcast on Epcot and we will spend some time in each pavilion outlaying each one of them, but 11 countries, there's also rumor of potentially Brazil is a possibility. Um, I've heard some rumors unsubstantiated. Britain's getting a, face, a facelift. They're putting in Cherry Tree Lane so that you can immerse yourself in Mary Poppins. Um, but World Showcase is already amazing, and it looks like the future is going to bring even more amazing. Yeah, and you know, with World Showcase, the nice thing is every time every time you switch from country to country, you either have a new character or a new like stage show. I know that there's the acrobats in China. They've got the drum show in Japan. They've got the little Canadian like rock band that's that's really fun. There's a lot of different things to do in every one of the countries. And like Peter said, you get into the nooks and crannies. You go there with your significant other. You go there with a bunch of older friends. There's a, a tequila cave 
in the yeah. Mexico Pavilion. Cava de Tequila. Yeah. There's the beer garden in Germany. There's a lot of different places to where you can have a lot of fun and learn about a lot of different things in Epcot. Epcot's a really cool multicultural experience. And, and with the addition of some of the things that they're putting up in the front of the park that we're going to talk about once those changes get made, they are really making this your learning center park when you think about the the Walt Disney World Resort. This is where you're going to go. You're going to get immersed in a lot of different things. You're going to get touched by a lot of different cultures. And hopefully you take some things away from that. You got anything else for us, Peter? Yeah, and especially if you do go during one of the festivals, that World Showcase area just blossoms. The little stands come out into the other part of the parks a little bit. But World Showcase is really where you see it. It, it just blows my mind every time I go down there and I see all of the you grab the festival handbook and you start to page through it trying to figure out what you want to hit and then you very quickly realize wow I haven't budgeted enough time here as Matt said if you go with an older group of friends or as your kids get older you could spend an entire vacation of five days in Epcot and mm -hmm. be absolutely um, entertained educated um, just have a, an absolutely great time not big rides, not big, you know, it's not, not yet. stepping in. Yeah, right, because there is some stuff heading that way. They're really trying to, to beef Epcot up a little bit. But I do. I, I just absolutely love Epcot. I could sit here and gush over it for hours um, on how much I love that park. And I feel like it's really underrated. And, um, no, that's about it. So if you want to wrap us up, we can call it good on our overview of the Epcot area. Yeah, so, again, if you guys want to follow us, Check us out on any of our podcast platforms. Find us either at the DPI page on Facebook or on the Princesses and the Mouse page on Facebook. We've got the website now. You can find links to the website on any of our material now. So just go out there and find us. Link up. Give us your email. Let us let you know when things are coming out, what's going on. And, you know, thanks for listening. We've grown a lot over the last, we've only been doing this five months now. And I, I feel like we've grown a ton in five months. So thank you very much for your support. And like I said, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. Have a good day. Bye now. Turn your Disney dream into a magical Disney vacation with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. Contact us at any of these options or learn more by clicking the website link below.